Hello and welcome to Arriving Somewhere with Matt J, the podcast, commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to subscribe and like and share and comment. Now, today, I've got uh, three stories. got a, got a, a little bit of time, not too much time, but I've got three stories just to give you a little bit more of a picture of New Zealand right now. Those are one... The unemployment rate is near record lows, so why are more people on welfare? Well, the media actually gives you the real statistics if you go into the article. Uh, two, the New Zealand Health Minister announced a collaboration between the recruitment of nurses and New Zealand's longest-running soap opera. And three, a story from about four or five years ago asking whether... New Zealand women have the right to own pepper spray or not. So we'll go into all of that right now. As I said, don't have a lot of time, but we'll get through as much as we can. So New Zealand's unemployment rate, this one's from Stuff, is near record lows. So why are more people getting social welfare? People on the benefit is still higher than before the pandemic. Uh, Data out this week showed the unemployment rate had edged up to 3.3%. As of July 22nd, 2022, there were 345,000 people on the main benefit. Uh, Economist Brad Olson said that number was still 23,000 or 30% higher than at the same time in 2019. Now, if we scroll down to the last part of this article, it all starts to become a little bit clearer. Uh, It says people who were only working a couple of hours a week would not count as unemployed, but could still be receiving a benefit. Those who were temporarily unwell or in training and not looking for a job would also not qualify. People had to be actively looking for work to be counted. On the other hand, someone could be unemployed and looking for work but not receiving a benefit because their household income was too high. ANZ Chief Economist Sharon Zolner. What a name. Zolner. Sharon Zolner, she said, people who were working but not as much as they wanted to, would be, counted, would be counted as underemployed in the latest data. That was 9.2%. But she said it was clear that many businesses were struggling to find staff. So underemployed figure is 9.2%. Our unemployed figure is 3.3%. And those are only people actively looking for work. What is this number of not people that aren't actually working in New Zealand and why are so many businesses struggling to find staff? They really are. There's employment signs all over the place. Although I did look at some of them. Uh, one in particular was a, a jet boat driver for a tourism operator. You could drive a jet boat. Sounds like a lot of fun. And in their advertisement they said, must be medicined up. I'll put it that way. So with that nonsense still going on as well, This looks to me like another example of lying with statistics. Oh, it's just historically low unemployment rate. Don't worry about the underemployed or those not actually currently looking for work or can't look for work. All the people that we sacked. So I just, I wonder what the real unemployment rate is once you throw the underemployed in. To see how they mess with statistics and how they report it, it gets messy quickly and the picture doesn't become clear until you find an honest economist or somebody willing to break down more of the data for us. And this leads directly into the New Zealand Health Minister, Andrew Little, announced a a new package 
of measures to try to woo health workers, particularly from overseas. So we're de- in desperate need of doctors and nurses. So one of his techniques, or one of the health ministers, or the you know the health agency's techniques here is using Shorten Street, and Shorten Street is a New Zealand soap opera, soap opera, our longest running soap opera, probably I think our only one, but it, it's thirty something years old, and it is very popular or used to be very popular and it is an awful show it's exactly it's a medical drama and it's just one of your sort of uh bold and the beautiful type shows um so the health minister announced that they're going to use shorten street uh, it says from from the new zealand herald it says the measures include a recruitment program to get young people into nursing which will include a campaign with the television program shorten street as well as on social media platforms he said it was the first such initiative for Shorten Street, and while he didn't know the details of it, it would see the program assist in promoting nurses as a fantastic career. He also said he was not aware of any payment for that agreement. You were, you're not so. You're setting this drive up. You're setting this thing up for Shorten Street to assist in promoting nursing, and Shorten Street's just doing it out of the kindness of their own hearts. That's what they're doing. They're doing their national duty to push nursing and the health minister is unaware of any payment for that agreement to a tv show so we just you, do you think that we should know that and where that money is actually going and how much how much is being spent here how much are you giving to a tv show uh, other measures aimed at getting overseas doctors and nurses to migrate to new zealand include payments of, of up to ten thousand dollars for nurses to take the steps required for registration in new zealand and a six-month bridging program for doctors, including paying their salaries for induction courses and internships. He said those uh, payments would remove the cost barriers for migrant health workers wanting to come and make the move as easy as possible. And just back up in the article, he, he, Little Andrew Little also said uh, he promised that addressing the workforce shortages would be his top priority after the health reforms kicked in at the end of June. Interesting it's a top priority, because again... Nurses are still being sacked, and experienced nurses of decades, real experienced nurses, and even in private hospitals, are being sacked for refusing the boosters. Still, so we we sacked a bunch of nurses, then winter hit with the flu and other things, and there's a staffing crisis. You've sacked the people that refused initially to be Voldemort virus medicined up, and now the ones that have turned around and said well I did everything you asked for me initially and then I still got sick and have recovered I don't want the boosters they're still being sacked and the government turns around and says it's a high priority to figure out the staffing shortages and here we are spending who knows how much money on recruitment for overseas nurses hundreds of millions of dollars including using a television show instead of turning around maybe offering them an apology and upping the nurses' wages in this country already, especially experienced nurses, using that money to pay them more to remain in the job, to incentivize them to remain in the job, and hiring them back. No, we can't do that, because that would be admitting defeat. That would be admitting that they were wrong from the beginning. They can't humble themselves to do that. This is how tyrannical this government is. They would rather go spend hundreds of millions of dollars in recruitment for overseas nurses and medical workers than to get its own staff back, basically, to get New Zealanders back into work or to make sure that they're, they're being paid, to keep them. 
And on and on top of that, they, I mean, as I, as I mentioned, they're paying a lot of the costs for these health workers to come to New Zealand, but only if they have done the right thing and gotten the medicine. You must have gotten the medicine. They will not back down on this. They cannot admit they were wrong. It is absolutely disgusting. And I know people that this has affected. I know people whose careers have been absolutely destroyed and ruined by this. And yet here we are. They turn around and announce all this, excuse my language, all this bullshit and more money being spent. More money being spent. And we already have an infrastructure problem in this country where people are struggling to find houses and buy houses and they build. They can't build quick enough. The amount of social housing going up here is insane. It is madness. Anyway, I'll move on. This is an article from News Hub in 2017. Yeah, it's five years ago. Almost to the day, actually. Five years ago. And it was pointed out to me by my mother, of all people. So the article from News Hub is, Should women be allowed to carry pepper spray for self-defence? Not sure why only women would be allowed to carry pepper spray. But let's move on. A debate is raging in Australia as to whether women should be allowed to carry pepper spray. Earlier this month, Senator David Leonhelm, not sure how to pronounce that one, called for new laws allowing Australians to arm themselves with non-lethal weapons in case of terror attacks. How about just any kind of physical attack? Now, another Australian TV reporter, Stacey Lee, wants women to be allowed to carry pepper spray to protect themselves in dangerous situations. The debate has raised similar questions in New Zealand, especially after a spate of recent attacks on women in the country. A number of women, Three's The Project, spoke with, said carrying pepper spray would make them feel safer. However, not only can the general public not carry pepper spray on the streets, in New Zealand it's actually easier to get your hands on a gun. Pepper spray, mace and similar products are classified as restricted weapons on the same list as machine guns, grenades and rocket launchers. That's right, rocket launchers. Just shows (laughs) the the sheer incompetence of government. Who thought putting pepper spray on that list was made any kind of sense? A police spokesperson told NewsHub pepper spray is only for soldiers, police and prison officers. Well, and, and I assume rocket launchers as well. Do soldiers, police and prison officers carry the rocket launchers around on their back as well? It's in the same category, I assume they do. And by comparison, all US states allow people to buy and carry pepper spray with varying restrictions, such as an age limit of 18. But the debate isn't clear. <laughs> But the debate isn't clear-cut. Sexual Abuse Prevention Network's Fiona McNamara argues by making pepper spray easier to obtain for people to use it for protection, it'll also be easier for those who mean harm to get it. Pepper spray really is a distraction from the real issue, she told the project. Now this is where it goes into thinking that you and I struggle to comprehend. This is... Some one of the most ridiculous statements I've heard in this country. This, this is saying a lot too. One of the most ridiculous statements I've heard publicly in this country on a massive network like this. I possibly think ever. So she said, "Pepper spray really is a distraction from the real issue." She told the project, "The real issue is that there are people out there who want to harm other people, and we really need to be addressing that behaviour. 
rather than putting the emphasis on a potential victim having to keep themselves safe. Miss McNamara empathised with the woman. Uh, Miss Miss McNamara um, empathised with the woman who said they'd feel safer if they carried pepper spray. Quote, it's a really sad situation to have a world where people don't feel safe walking home at night. Uh, Kanoa Lloyd, here's the comment, uh, the only female presenter on the project on Thursday night, agreed with her. Oh, she's the only, f- we need more females on the project. This is five years ago, so I believe there probably is now, but it's a terrible show, and who would sit down and watch it? Anyway, Kanoa Lloyd, the only female presenter, said, I think that one way to prevent sexual assault and violent attacks is for people to stop committing sexual assault and violent attacks. She said that publicly. Unfortunately, no amount of pepper spray is going to be able to do that. She said those words publicly. Let's repeat them. Kanoa Lloyd said, I think that one way to prevent sexual assault and violent attacks is for people to stop committing sexual assaults and violent attacks. Unfortunately, no amount of pepper spray is going to be able to do that. (laughs) She basically said, stop it. That's apparently how this works. Bad people and evil people and people with evil intentions will just stop doing the evil things that they do and stop committing assaults and violently attacking people if TV mummy tells them to stop. Now, if, if that is not one of the most ridiculous statements or naive statements you've ever heard on a major network. I don't know, I I mean, comment. Let me know something. Share a link or something of a TV show in your area or a a publication in your area that said something more ridiculous than that. I don't even need to break that down. That is (laughs) just mind-blowing. Hilarious and tragic. And that's how you think. We We just need to tell people to stop. Because they, they might not know that it's wrong. Or if they do know it's wrong, we just need to remind them that it's wrong. And then they won't do it anymore. Easy solution. Why isn't no one doing this? So there you go, New Zealand. Don't defend yourself with equipment. Defend yourself with words by saying, stop it. And hold out your hand with a big, palms, uh, with a big palm implying them to stop. Just stop. Stop and think. Count to three. Take a breath and calm down. And good luck with that. So there you go. That's a few tidbits from this country. As uh, what is going on over here. The madness continues. Okay, so I'm not sure how or if I'm going to be able to do any podcasts next week. Um, I will try to do some. But I may end up having to take the entire week off from recording a podcast. But if I can get to the microphone, I will. But in case you're wondering where I am, I'm a, what, do, what would you call it? Away from mic, AFM, they call it AFK, away from keyboard, AFM, away from mic, yeah that makes sense. I will be mostly uh, AFM, I hope that's not <laughs> some sort of code for something horrific. You never know these days, the internet comes up with some crazy stuff. Okay, so if I don't see you next week, I'll see you the week after, and that'll be, what well, you think some of the weekend recaps are long now. I mean, imagine not doing a podcast for around 7 to 10 days. How much I'm going to have to cover. Ooh, you're in for a treat when I'm back. Okay, this has been the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Thank you for listening.